This is the Counterculture Comic Podcast, and this week we're stepping away from our comfy indie zone and into a full Marvel book with Garth Ennis's run on The Punisher. Welcome back, Frank. And then we're going to talk about some random bullshit, which is a uh, catch-up on The Tick, um, what's going on with Batman, and some other crap. I'm Nick Hemsing. And I'm Spacker Dave. <laughs> Spacker Dave. The... Uh, um, I will say it's uh, the uh, it was a comfy step in after what I've never read it and then stepping in and after seeing the uh, Thomas Jane uh, Punisher, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's where they came from. Yeah, lots of stuff came from this book that was lifted for the Punisher and other media. Yeah, so uh, but we'll get to that. Sure. And uh, so, but first, some random bullshit. Have you finished the tick yet? I have no. I've, uh, we're one till the end. Uh, we're on episode. We just finished five, so okay. uh, the uh, enough to. I mean, enough to have gotten. Uh, you know, since we last talked, we were both four three, episodes three, in. Yeah, I three, think. four, yeah, something like that. And I watched one more, but you know, we're really seeing where it's shaping up. Um, so, the uh, enough to comment a bit more. Yeah, I just, I don't have a lot to say about it other than. I was a bit disappointed by the last two episodes. It just, again, um, it's telling a story, and I don't really care. Too uh, too long or too story arc for yeah, a character that's focused. supposed. Yeah, for a character who's really supposed to be a sitcom character. Yes, and you know it's not bad by any means. It's just <clears throat> no, know, it's still entertaining. It's you're, enter- you're just you're just struck by how much well. You look back at we still are going to compare it to the Patrick Warburton tick, and we're going and to the go, animated series. And, yeah, and we're going to say, you know, but you could have made that. Yeah. Um, and uh, but you know, and I still think that in the story arc world of comic books, and you know, and uh, you know, comic book series these days, it would still be a, uh, you know, the kind of show that comic books need. Um, one that is just completely sitcom, you know, for our, you know our version of a sitcom, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, comedy and then just lunacy every episode, uh, with something sort of loosely changing maybe in the background. Yeah, uh, it's just it's so story driven that it's not it's not insane like I want it to be, and. You know, there's so much good long-form television out there that The Tick didn't have to be that. I'm just a little bit disappointed by it. That being said, I still enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah, I mean, it's still um, Peter, whose name we shall not pronounce on this podcast, uh, is really good in the role. And uh, yeah, it's quality. It's not mind-blowing like I hoped it would be. No, yeah, it, really. but some of it's still pretty. I mean, I still like. Uh, I thought some of the side characters shape up to be pretty funny. Um, the uh, oh, once you get more into over overkill, you know, he's basically just overkill's you know, great. I yeah, really he's like make, overkill. Yeah, he's it's like this is the uh, this is the Batman slash uh, Punisher mm-hmm. slash psychopath. Yeah, that we've been wanting to see. You know, really wanting to see lampooned. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, and then his assistant, which is basically like almost like, uh, 
uh, Iron Man's um, Jarvis. Yes. The, uh, you know, so I think they did a, it, it does a really, uh, it keeps going with a lot of the very smart, um, you know, having fun with major comic book characters that we know and love. Mm-hmm. And then show, and then of course showing how ridiculous they are. Yeah. Um, you just push them a little bit further to the extreme and they just turned into a complete lampoon. Yeah. So, uh, but it's, yeah, so it's still great. Enjoying the hell out of it. I I still want to see more, still make more. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cancel it after one season. Amazon. No, I will hate you. I don't think they will. Amazon's kind of like Netflix that way where they, uh, they seem to stick with stuff. If it has any potential at all. Once they've started it. Yeah. Once they've actually given it a, a run. And I just found out something this morning that I had slipped under my radar because there's so much news about DC movies coming out. Like they're making a, a Nightwing film, which whatever. Um, <laughs> You're going to make Nightwing because you barely managed to establish Batman in this yeah. uh, new. Uh, but Matthew Vaughn is in talks to direct Man of Steel 2. Huh. And I'm like, oh, hey, wait, what? You mean the guy who did Layer Cake and First Class and the Kingsman movies? Yeah, sign me up. That's actually the first really exciting news I've heard about a DC film in quite some time. Well, I guess when I heard Affleck was directing the Batman, I was pretty excited about that. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see him make this movie, and I hope DC doesn't, or Warner Brothers doesn't screw it up somehow and piss him off. Just sign the guy and let him make his movie. It will well, be he so was, much better than Snyder. You know, his uh, uh, his directing credits are a, a lot better than his producing credits. He's got he's got well, he's got a black eye on his uh, producing credits. Yeah, he he was pro- he produced one crap film, and what was it? Fan, the last Fantastic Four movie. Right, that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I mean, his directing credits are are solid. stellar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, love the first Kingdom, Kingsman movie. Well, I didn't know he did Stardust too. Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was one of his first films. Yeah, uh, but Layer Cake was his first. I mean, yeah, yeah. he's uh, that's a really good, yeah, <laughs> really good uh, history. I want, I want to see yeah. him direct a Superman movie for sure. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I just, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm glad that they finally got away from the. Uh, I mean, one guy who was almost a uh, music video director mm-hmm. <laughs> and. You know, we're getting away from these these uh, directors that look like they were, you know, were trying to recreate uh, Snyder's vision. Mm-hmm. And now we got to get into how about we just get somebody good who makes other good movies, and then since we're not getting a foothold, um, let's let's stick with let, let's go with some tried and true directors and see what they can do. Especially, you know, for, especially somebody who has played in the comic book yeah. medium for so successfully. Um, I mean, first class is still one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. I just think it's fantastic. Um, and Vaughn doesn't take himself too seriously. You know, even something like layer cake that is just heart attack serious. Most of the time has some moments of levity that aren't, really intended to be laugh out loud funny 
but they're so stylized and just kind of dropping you into a moment. Like I think of um, Larry Cakes, a movie where Daniel Craig's beating the hell out of the guy with the uh, coffee pot to Duran Duran, right? <laughs> I, oh man, oh, man I, I love it's been scene. so long. So it, it's a great, it's a great movie and I, it's been a long time since I've seen it. So no, I don't remember it, but uh, it, love that scene. my memory wants to remember that that happened. So I will go with you. Sure. Um, and the Batman is still a movie that's apparently being made. And I found out something interesting about that as well. Ben Affleck, he wrote a script. That script was later scrapped, but it came out that he was basing, not basing, he was using as inspiration the film The Game from the late wow. 90s, which, oh my God, doesn't that sound like a fantastic Batman movie? It does. Uh, so like, good. Is somebody fucking with Batman? That would be, that could be really good. Oh, so good. So good. And you could do it with any of his rogues gallery. I mean, the Scarecrow, the Riddler, of course, the Joker, but let's not do the Joker, please. Um, hell, even the Penguin could do something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and of course, it's not going to happen. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. Can, uh, you know, you, you kind of want to, it's like, okay, how about this? All right. If you guys are bound and determined to shoot this uh, iteration of Batman right to hell, why don't you just hand that script over to the animated group? Yeah. So we can at least, yes. so we at least see that because for some reason, DC animation still has their head screwed on somewhat straight. Oh yeah. They make, they make really uh, good films, but uh, I read that and I was like, that is a genius idea for a Batman film. Because, you know, at this point, the, uh, I would say, I, I honestly need to say that, script wise directorial wise i think they kind of need to either they either need to hunker down and and refocus on something that makes sense or you swing for the fences yep the uh, um the uh in this case i probably because of uh affleck's history like what he's written mm -hmm. i'd kind of let him swing oh yeah you know the uh it's it's one of those things that you know you kind of uh, we've got one movie of Batman in a in a movie that wasn't stellar, even though Batman wasn't the worst part of it. Um, you know, Batman, we, we were still like, we saw that movie and we're like, okay, you could still do something with this Batman, even though he's a little killy, a little murdery for our Batman. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, but all right, we like Affleck. Affleck seems believable as Batman. Let's let's run this a little, this a little bit. And you set him up as being a little older anyway. So yeah. why not Why not play with that a bit? And it sounds like that could have been right. But I'm wondering if that script was just too, um, too creative for that. Yeah, too, group right too now. abstract maybe. Yeah, um, I mean, because we're watching, uh, I mean, least of all, but the silly thing is now we're starting to hear some of the moves start to be smarter. Like they're basically pulling... The, uh, they're pulling that whole series of movies away from the Snyderverse. Yeah. Director-wise, director I mean, it's going to be um, uh, the next Suicide Squad is going to be directed by oh, what's his name? Um, the uh, 
Alright, squad two is being directed by they just changed it. Uh Gavin O'Connor. Uh yeah, I'm looking yeah. up. I'm not familiar with his name. Uh he has uh he directed the accountant, which is last uh big movie. Um so in an Affleck film. Yeah. Uh the uh so I mean his He's definitely got a sort of a spotty history, um, but there looks like they're trying to find different directors for uh, for their films. They're trying to reach out a little bit. So, and I hope it works, and I'm really hoping it works out. But uh, the uh, it seems like they're it seems like they at least acknowledging that where they were going wasn't quite working. Mm-hmm. Um, they did. They did re-sign Patty Jenkins. Yeah, um, for like for a billion of, dollars. <laughs> Good because, for her. Because they better. Yeah. And they just des- they deserve they deserve to overpay for that since uh, after what they did after they didn't sign her for a second movie. Yep. Um, you know, even though they had signed some other not as great directors for second movies. Yes. So um, the uh, so I think we're we're seeing something, but. It, but, but we still have to be we're still skeptical i mean yeah well they need it, to put out more than one good movie in a row before. yeah i mean you know and, it's it, so, so so far we're so far we're at you know one movie without being an embarrassment mm-hmm. uh so it's uh looking forward to seeing what they do still i s- still am not thinking that justice league is going to be worth a damn um, apparently, oh, that's actually something I heard that's interesting about that. Apparently, Joss Whedon is doing massive reshoots to the tune of like 30 or 40 minutes. Okay. Well, that sounds better. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I if you... definitely trust Whedon to uh, much more than I trust Zack Snyder. Well, if he, I mean, if, if, if he basically, you, you kind of wonder if he stepped into that project and he was like, initially he's like, yeah, Hey, no problem. I'll leave it mostly as is. I'll just kind of finish it up. And then he started and then looking at it and he's like, but, um, yeah, how about, I mean, this part doesn't work. Yeah. Um, can we, can we just change this here? <laughs> and the you know, next thing you know, that red marker is starting to go through a few more scenes. Yeah, scene after scene after scene. Um, but one more quick note about the Batman movie is it's really disappointing that Affleck's script isn't being used, but they did go find somebody who's very capable. Matt Reeves is rewriting and directing it. And he's the guy who did the last two Planet of the Apes movies. I heard they were good. I have not seen them. I saw the second one. Um, quite liked it. Uh, I've not seen the third one, but everybody I know who saw the third one thought it was really good. Yeah, I heard him. It's really funny because my wife is a giant Planet of the Apes, Apes fan. But I think it was the um, the Mark Wahlberg one turned her off to watching oh. all, all future ones. Um, so she, we haven't watched any of the, the newest iteration. They're good. I mean. Yeah, I, I've heard that. It's yeah. just it's just funny. We just haven't we just haven't watched them. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's about all I have for today. I mean, there's a couple other things. I'm reading the Dresden Files books, which I don't know why it took me so long, but they're really good. What are the uh, Dresden File books? I have 
Um, they forward. are an urban fantasy series written by Jim Butcher, and God, there's got to be over ten of them now. And it's about this wizard who lives in Chicago, and he's just a regular Joe, kind of like a PI, mm-hmm. but lives in modern day Chicago as a wizard, and nobody believes he's a wizard except for a few people, and it's it's really solid. And it was made into a TV show in 2007. And I liked parts of the TV show, but the books are just way better. You know, as I'm, is often I'm, the case. So both of us have a friend who constantly uh, walks around and wears wizard T-shirts. Oh, I texted and, him about uh, it the other day. I'm like, you have oh. to read these books. <laughs> Somehow I, I instantly imagined it to be him. Yep. The uh, in all of his uh, full bearded glory. Yep. <laughs> all of a sudden, I want to read them, and I, I, and it's I'm going to be disappointed the second that I can no longer fit uh, fit him into that vision. You can actually. It, oh, okay. it works. It works pretty solidly. Yeah. Awesome. The uh, because he's a character unto his own. Yes. The uh, so what else we got? We um, that's about it. Okay billboarded we're right into the comics i guess i think so i think this podcast will be a little bit on the short side yeah so we read the 2000 i guess it was technically a mini series yeah yeah um the punisher and a rundown of that is frank castle has gone back to the basics back in new york back from the dead and back to doing what he does best exterminating bad guys and waging his personal war on crime the punisher is here to clean up the mean streets of new york city Written by Garth Ennis, with art by Steve Dillon and Jimmy Palmotti. Um, I I can never figure out if his name is supposed to be pronounced Ennis or Ennis. I know he's cool. Irish. Let's go so, with Ennis. Yeah. Hey, it's got two ends. Yeah, uh, but he's also Ennis. he was born in Ireland, so who effing knows? But um, yeah. So this was a twelve-issue miniseries. I'm just calling it that because that's what I think it is. Um, I don't know if it was meant to be more or if it was canceled, but the arc feels like a miniseries because there's a distinct beginning and end to it. And it's basically about an aging Punisher coming back and resuming where he picked up. And that's one of the things I like best about Ennis's Punisher is that he stays true to the fact that Punisher was a Vietnam vet. So by the time 2000 and later his Max series in 2004 rolls around, Punisher's getting a little bit long in the tooth. And I like that Ennis plays up the fact that he is getting older more and more as the series goes along. But this series, first and foremost, upon reading it, you realize how much movies and television have lifted from this story. Oh yeah. Well, the even the current iteration of uh, Daredevil and and the Punisher in it mm-hmm. lifted. I mean, they lifted the scene. They 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 had to read it and said that scene I want. I mean, oh, yeah. we'll do we'll do we'll do anything else around uh, anything else different. You know, different. You know, modernize him a little bit, but I want that scene. The yeah. uh, um, and then we have, of course the the three comic relief characters of the Thomas Jane movie mm-hmm. uh, that are are all from this series. Um, you know, the funny thing that I got from this is reading, you know, several Garth Ennis works from this point. Um, 
all his, all of his works that are of comic bent before he went into uh, the murder porn world. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, is how you know you really get a sense that oh man he really has a strong shtick for for his side characters. Yes, yes, um, he does. The uh, um, you look at the you look at the um, the cop in this one. Um, the uh, and you're like, hey, I've seen that cop in in a preacher. Yeah, you know, almost. The, yeah, almost identical character. The um, and you see his his uh, villain characters, um, the uh, like the the main villain characters, the ones that get abused. Yeah, um, he he has a mafiosa template that he mm-hmm. kind of goes back to fairly regularly. Yeah. Um, they're very similar. Uh, I mean, they're no less entertaining, but you definitely have, you, you've seen them a few different times. You're like, oh, okay, well, that's hey, that's that character again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the they get angry the same way. They get uh, upset with their subordinates the same way. Um, so it, he definitely has a template. Uh, the uh, I mean, and you know, admittedly, it's one of the ones that works for him the most. Yeah. Um, so it still makes it makes still makes it entertaining, but it is it is like funny to kind of oh I'm reading reading this character again. Yeah, and I think that's even highlighted more by seeing Steve Dillon's art oh, doing the oh, Punisher. Definitely. And I mean, I, Steve Dillon was was an amazing artist. I don't oh, he think makes... Jimmy Palmati's inks over the top of his work in this series is the strongest. Jimmy Palmati is also a fantastic anchor. I'm not bashing him. I'm just saying the two, in my opinion, don't really mesh that well because I just don't feel like Steve Dillon was really meant to draw the Punisher. He just, he doesn't feel big enough. It, I, I don't mean, know. I, did, I don't <laughs> think, I mean, I thought that, it, I thought his, the, the Punisher was, uh, I felt the Punisher was right for this iteration. That's fair. It just, it didn't really click with me. Like, I don't know. There was just something. I think Steve Dillon's work is best drawn when he's drawing normal people. And that's mm. part of the reason why it works so well in Preacher. I just don't feel like his uh, his style lends itself as well to somebody who's a little bit larger than life, like the Punisher. I, I still felt that the Punisher stuck out enough. Okay. I, I didn't. I didn't feel. I didn't get that at all from no. uh, from that. I mean, it's, it's a little bit. It, it's a little bit picking nits. I mean, yeah. I will look at Steve Dillon's art all day long and like it. It's just not my favorite work of his. No, it really makes me miss him. I mean, there, it was looking at him God, like, yeah. oh, he's so the, good. Uh, he is a as a comedic artist. Like, I mean, the. Uh, all of his work comes off with a little bit of with comedy in it. And a very the, strong layout artist, which yeah. unfortunately isn't a strong suit with a lot of modern artists. I mean, he, he could tell a story. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's, there's no problem getting, uh, getting where the story is. You, you never feel confused. Nope. You never have to jump back a panel and go, wait, what the hell happened? Cause he doesn't do shit like flipping the camera just for dynamic effect and crap like that. He's just a solid 
storyteller. And that leads to less flashy art a lot of the time because not everything can be all flash and gusto. Otherwise, when you need flash and gusto, you've already burned. You, yeah. you burn through that where, you know, Dylan didn't. He, he focused on telling a story first and foremost. And, you know, I, it's a damn shame he's not with us anymore. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, uh, so kind of getting a little bit uh, back onto the story, um, there is a one of the things that we often don't accuse uh, uh, Garth Ennis of Garth Ennis of is of is nuance. Mm-hmm. Um, what I thought was best in this is that he the scene that they lift um, for Daredevil is. Uh, he puts in how a lot of how normal superheroes or normal other heroes would criticize the Punisher. Um, like the very, um, the very vanilla way of, mm-hmm. of criticizing who the Punisher is and how his motives and, you know, and what it is. And then the Punisher has this very Punisher response. Yes. Um, and the funny thing is, is that uh, Garth Ennis goes, that's really the cheap way that criticize the Punisher. Why don't we, he criticizes the Punisher instead by the clones of the Punisher. Yes. The, uh, um, which are the, uh, this is where you go. Yeah. Well, he's really that guy. He's just good at it. <laughs> yeah. Because um, there are three, uh, real quick rundown. There are three wannabe Punishers who each have their own societal hang up. Uh, one of them hates poor people. One of them hates sinners. And the third guy hates... Corporate America. Corporate America, capitalism, that sort of thing. Um, and so they're all... They all share traits with the Punisher, but they're all... They're all just that one step over the side into bad, where the Punisher well, is just one foot over into generally good. Or, or, I mean, but also you can kind of look at them and say that they're also showing you how the Punisher, uh, this is the, this is us really saying that the Punisher is a, you know, that fantasy, American fantasy writ mm-hmm. large. Oh yeah. And we're going to, we're going to show this because you got so used to seeing the Punisher. And, and by this point, if you're reading, reading this, you like the Punisher and, you know, he is that. He is that beautiful American vigilante fantasy that, you know, that uh, everybody wants. In fact, the funny thing is, is Garth Garth Ennis really likes that straight talking, do something uh, character for several of his stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why he's so infatuated with the American West and that sort of thing is because he he does have a fondness for that. But he's also self-realizing enough to kind of realize just how how bullshit it is how bullshit I mean, and actually damaging it can be yeah so I, I was i was really that was the part that really kind of caught me is watching watching him uh lampoon his own vision mm-hmm. uh that was uh i think that really uh and that's what at this up until the point i felt like i was just watch, uh, just reading a stand, standard garth ennis story in with uh, wearing a punisher skin Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then when he starts to criticize the Punisher, 
And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, here's here is actually this was the the smarter part of the book. Yeah, um, I felt like it was <coughs> excuse me a little bit awkward. Like I don't know what it was about those three coming together later in the book. It just felt a little bit forced. But I love the concept so much that I just kind of ran with it. Yeah, I really. Um, uh... I think that there's there's a, a there's a lot of this book that is unfortunately really um, really stock Punisher or really mm-hmm. or like really really uh, the the Punisher just the Punisher just being you know I run around and shoot and murder things mm-hmm. um, the uh, uh, so I needed come at some of those side stories to kind of liven it. A little bit. I think that's a core component to a good Punisher story because the Punisher himself is paper thin. That's all he does is run around and kill shit. So by having these three kind of slightly parody characters of the Punisher, but the part of the story that really stood out to me the most is the three roommates, not roommates, but neighbors of the Punisher in this building. They were the ones that gave the Punisher some heart and by telling the story through their experiences a lot of the time um, and how the Punisher was basically turned them into collateral damage or, or came close to it. Um, and then how the Punisher reacted to doing that. It, it humanized the Punisher a little bit and it made his paper thin character a little bit more tolerable because you enjoyed the side characters so much. Well, they were the, they were one of the best parts of that movie too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, in fact, that always ends up being one of the things about, you know, especially Marvel Cinematic Universe that has really that they've really latched onto, um, is you have to nail the side characters. Mm-hmm. You need you need to nail the supporting cast. If you don't nail the supporting cast, then the character comes off flat. And we and uh, the, if you have a supporting cast that play playoff, and you know, often it's like three characters. Mm-hmm. Um, you can sometimes get by with you can buy with less, but um, Ant Man it was three. Um, the uh, uh, Wonder Woman it was three. Yeah. Uh, n- not in the non Marvel world. I mean, yeah, Spider Man Homecoming was. I guess you could also say three. Pretty close to three, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was there were there were three characters that popped up that really uh, bring that to life. So there's uh, if you nail those characters in a in a movie where you have a main like a solo character, um, you really have to get them right. Mm-hmm. Um, Guardians has like has like two, um, the uh, but they are the ones that really bring your world into focus for the reader and for the viewer that uh, we now can see the character through their eyes um, yeah. or get this or, or have them just bring out the other, the other aspects of their personality that we would either be like, otherwise we walk away from the movie, say a movie or the book and just say, yeah, I mean, I saw the Spider-Man do Spider-Man things. Yeah. Um, the, uh, another, uh, or I saw, um, I saw the guardians of the galaxy save the universe. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, instead you have that, you know, the guy at the end of guardians two, where probably one of the most, emotion, most emotional moments is when he's watching the funeral. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And you're like, and, and he's not even like, the, he's a, he's a supporting character. Um, but they nailed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that stuff is so important. And that's why, you know, those three characters in this comic are great. They were great in Thomas Jane's version. Also without that, without those three characters, that, that, that movie is just a, you know, just and, it's and the Punisher walking around going, they killed my family. Yeah. You know, cause that's all uh, the Punisher is. Yeah. That's why I don't like the character. No, I mean he's he's otherwise. I mean, I'll say that. I mean, the first issue of this comic was not not incredibly entertaining. It was no. like uh, just watching the Punisher walk around to do Punisher things. Yeah. I mean, yay. Yay. I'm I'm I can. I'm, I mean, I'm at that point. I'm like, I am reading just a regular comic book. You know. Yep. The uh, I'm reading I'm reading the indictment that people have of superhero uh, books. Some superhero books. Yep. Watch, watching them walk around, do superhero things. You know, beat then, up some, beat up some villains, or in this case, murder some. Yeah, and then Ennis, you know, he just needed to get his feet under him and establish mm-hmm. what the Punisher was doing, and then he quickly turned to these other characters to start telling a more developed story around the Punisher. Because I mean, I don't know how many times I can say it, but Frank Castle is a shitty character. He yeah, is. He's a, he's he a is bruiser. A, yeah, he's a bullshit Stallone Schwarzenegger c- character from from the '80s, and they're boring, they're trite, but you can tell good stories with these characters. You just have to be creative about it. You can take it. Yeah, you can tell a good story with any character, really. Yeah. I mean, just I mean, somebody has to say, okay, uh, okay, let's let's do something. Let's tell a let's tell a story with this character instead of you know again just making you know. You know, trying to make Cobra too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's. Uh, I think that because Garthinus, he, he, I, I, after a while, yeah, you can tell that he wants to establish his Punisher, and then he wants to establish his Punisher world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he then he gets to the story that he wanted to tell. Yep. So. And a lot of this book, which is not true of the Max version, that. Ennis later went on to do. This book's um, a little bit silly, much like Preacher was. Like at one point, I think Frank punches a polar bear. He does. He looks at the bear and says, "Not angry enough," and he That's punches right. a polar bear. Yes. It is. It is the both. It is a Garth Ennis scene. Yes. Of Garth Ennis proportions, because. That is the sort of stuff that he does. Yeah. I mean, there's it, it is uh, something that some absurd situation that you know just is solved by ridiculous, just some sort of. Re- yeah. It's it's something so ridiculous, but you're so glad it's there because it, it, it's so funny. Yeah, it's like um, the helicopter falling on um, the head of whatever that organization was in preacher. Oh, uh, Oh, the uh, um, the Grail. The Grail. Thank and you. That hair star takes over. First, and... first he falls. First he falls out of the air. Falls out of the helicopter. Falls on that that one poor schmuck. Yep. And then the helicopter falls on both of them, and the guy can't get well, can't get out from under him. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's kind of trademark Ennis. And I know I had a Twitter conversation with somebody who didn't care for that, but again. 
if if you play the if you play the Punisher too straight for too long, it's really hard for him not to turn into one of those male masturbation fantasies of you know eighties action movies. Well, I mean, simply look around. How many Punisher emblems do you see? And they're all on. I mean, he is a beloved character because of what he represents, yeah. not because not because of what how well of a character he's written. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it's a really good litmus test at conventions for me. If I see some dude walk up to me in a Punisher t-shirt and it's only dudes who wear them, I just kind of like, oh, so you're that person. I mean, I, and, and you know what, get me wrong. I, I, I think the Punisher logos is one of the stronger logos. Oh, it's a fantastic logo. I'm, it, it is pure design bliss. It's, but it's, 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 it's pure and simple. Um, the, uh, it's, it's a great logo, but yeah, I mean, the, uh, he is, I mean, he is such a, uh, he is a character that looked like he was simply created to bring in like a certain base of people who don't mm-hmm. read comic books normally and say, Oh, Hey, look, we've made a, you know, a, vig- a vigilante that runs around and shoots things with guns. Yeah. You know, the, uh, no I beams, no something like that. This guy just shoots things. You will like him because this we is will what call you him want. stupid Batman. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll and, and say and then, of course, I mean, I don't even know if half of those people ever even read those comic books. Um, the I mean, probably enough of them did, but I know a lot of people who just have the Punisher logo or just know the picture of him like, oh, oh that's yeah. cool. Comic book character with guns. I mean, but there's also a diehard, very traditional comic book fan that is drawn into the Punisher because he is this male fantasy of just running around and killing everything that pisses you off. Again, the the people who are drawn to the Punisher generally are not really my people Um, because I think he's a lame character. I think he's a cheap male fantasy that's just silly when you really examine it but it doesn't mean a good story can't be told and no it's a, a good story i mean a, a these i mean remind this the the characters and the world and whatnot are just a you know they're just a tool set mm-hmm. i mean the uh, really what you're what you're doing with this is making a story and the story is the story um, and there's lots of uh, all the elements you weave into it. Um, you can do that with almost any character, uh, and all of a sudden it, that character, by proxy, that character becomes good, um, simply because you've told a good story with that character. Yeah. Um, the second the second you just kind of show up and and say, well, I'm just going to make a Punisher story, then that's really the wrong way to for anybody to approach it. The uh, Instead, you say, well, I want to tell this story. And I say, well, the Punisher kind of fits. Or you could make the Punisher fit for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it could, be a, it could be a great story that also has the Punisher in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really, when you get down to it, it's not <clears throat> super different than Batman in that regard. Who did the, uh, not the, who did the covers on these? Um, you know, I can't remember, but they're just beautiful. They're yeah, not uh, an art style that I'm typically very fond of, 
but they are gorgeous. They're painted. They're um, much closer to realism than uh, what you would see in most comic books. And yeah, they're lovely. Yeah, I'm, I'm determined to find that out because they are absolutely beautiful. I just need to get over to that. Anyway, I'll, I'll find it. But um, the uh, it's funny that they get to uh, – I was looking up – I looked it up really quick and somebody says greatest Punisher covers of all time. Mm-hmm. And, and so far I've skimmed through them and none of them are these covers. And the uh, – right. whoever made – Whoever made that list failed. Didn't go to, nope. Okay, they 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 got one of them on there. Uh, when I would say that uh, many of these deserve to be, you know, the best Punisher covers. Yeah, um, it's really Tim, beautiful uh, work. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tim Bradstreet. Okay. Now I'm. Uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, definitely his art. I mean, the uh, they're great covers. I want. Uh, I mean, I think it was. It's the most. It was the first most endearing initial part of the series. Was those covers? Yeah, they're Every, gorgeous. When I when I looked at the covers, you know, I, damn, they're gorgeous. I mean, the. Uh, I want to see that. That's that's actually the Punisher I wanted to see. Uh, you know, I want to see. And then they, I think he did. He did a version of the Thomas Jane uh, as a Punisher too. Oh, okay. Um, if that's him, uh, yeah. Oh, you but, know what's uh, not lovely though? I completely forgot about it. This podcast, mm. Iron Fist. It was a shitty TV show. I I, I just have to say it. I, we almost got through this podcast without me bashing Iron Fist. Well, you know, um, because we didn't say we were going to talk about anything other than we said we talked about the tick. Um, we talked about some although we DC did get movies. to I did get to snipe Snyder. We, so. we did you did you did get to snipe Snyder, and we did bring up a Daredevil and the Punisher in it, and because we brought up that and Netflix, it's. You've got you. You get to do this drive-by on yeah, on Iron Fist. Iron Fist. So I'll give it to you. I mean, it's a little bit of a reach. Yeah, but, a little bit. You know, but... it's also kind of deserving. You know, it's you know the poor boy is just getting off the ground, and then somebody's just zimming by on a, a Vespa and just smacks him right in the <laughs> yeah. face. I mean, and he's not even expecting. It's it's it, you know it would be the it would be a very uh, Ennis punishment of of. Uh, Iron Fist, just you know, you know, smack him in the face. I said, "Stay down, douchebag." Yeah. The, uh, uh, it is. It is. Uh, I, I we mentioned this last episode. Um, we'll go back. Back. This is just reminded me saying it. Um, Garth Ennis is, is probably is better when you force him not to cuss. Yes, absolutely. And this was under the Marvel Comics imprint, so. There was no cussing. Yeah. It, um, and, and I kind of looked at it and said, I, I, you know, after a while, I'm like, he really, uh, he, I mean, get me wrong. He has some great creative cussing in Preacher. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and it's, it's, it's great. But he can definitely be, uh, he can get away with them. He can, he can get away with them, uh, get away from them a little bit. 
Um, so I think when he, he we've said uh, when Garth Ennis is constrained a bit, he's he's probably at his best. Yeah, I, I think it forces him to be clever, where I think violence and swearing is kind of his go-to. And if he's not allowed to do that, then he has to stop and think a little bit, and then he comes up with something generally really good. Um, yeah. Or, or or you have to wait for a lot of issues of him kind of getting it out of his system, mm-hmm. um, like the boys. I, mean, I really like the boys. Uh, the uh, the first two volumes of it are very Ennis. Yeah, I mean, I are- mean it's the boys overall is like the shittiest roller coaster in the world where it's super fun when it really gets going fast, but then on the way back up, it has like these just bars hanging that just smack you in the face <laughs> until you get to the top again, and then you go down, and it's really fun. That's kind of how I viewed the boys, because like you said, the first few issues were just eye-rolling. Like, seriously? Come on. I mean, I, I thought that they were funny. I mean, I thought they were funny, but definitely you kind of wanted him to get... Uh, once, you, once he started gets into the into the character characters a bit more. Um, the, uh, once he starts to kind of pick apart his own bullshit a bit, mm-hmm. um, because he gets there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he kind of gets there. He'll, 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 he'll make this thing. It's almost like you think he knows what comic book readers want to see first. Um, and then he gives them that. And then he's like, okay, well, I think I've hooked you now. So now I'm going to show you this, the deeper part of the story that I've been wanting to tell you. Yeah, and that's exactly what it feels like. It's just it's just grown worthy to get through some of those issues well, before you get to the really, really quality stuff. And there are some really, really good story arcs in the boys. Which is funny because you you know, I think of um his later work that I, I didn't get as much into, like Frost and whatnot. Oh god. And I and I kind of feel like it might it was probably doing the same thing except that point i just couldn't get past the beginning well he stopped writing crossed he just wrote the really just horrible Uh, fucked up stuff and then bailed and so yeah i i have an immense dislike for that series evidently somebody in the background does too yeah yeah three week old baby so uh, so yeah um, but uh, I mean, I still enjoy, I, 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 you know, I haven't even seen what he's been up to recently. The, uh, I, I should see, uh, I mean, I used to be such a, like I would follow everything he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then a, a couple, a couple series and I was like, all right, I'm, I think I'm going to take an Ennis break here. Yeah. Um, crossed was what did it to me. Yeah. Cross has definitely, definitely did it. Uh, so now I got to see. Uh, what he's been doing lately because I imagine he just he keeps working. I assume so. Yeah, I just haven't seen what he's up to. Yeah, the uh, but uh, so what are uh, let's see? Do we have anything to cover with Punisher? I mean, I think we've wrapped up. I mean, I think yeah, this run of I, Punisher, this run, this run of Punisher is probably as good a Punisher as you get. Yeah, it's I my mean, favorite Punisher story. Now, keep in mind, I don't read current Punisher, so who knows? I mean, they, maybe they bought they brought in some great. Uh, they brought in some great people to do the current Punisher, uh, but so I'm I'm a little you know I'm a little jaded or, with, or not jaded, but I'm a little uh, I'm looking at this only because Ennis Wright wrote it. Yeah, uh, um, later there was um, Mitch Gerard's uh, 
did a run where the Punisher went out to L.A. and that was solid. Uh, Becky Cloonan uh, re- recently did a That's run right, on the Punisher. That's right, she did. And I haven't read it yet, but I'm I've never disliked anything Becky Cloonan's done. So I assume I'll like it. There are other good Punisher stories. I just don't really like the character. And it kind of takes something special for me to take the time and be like, okay, I'm going to read a Punisher story. This is definitely my favorite that I've ever read. Well, yeah. Well, uh, and we don't usually dip into these books. I mean, no. we the amount of time that we actually spend reading Marvel or DC books, like imprinted books, is uh, pretty low. Yeah, so, sure is. I mean, we're just making a, a, a little swipe in here because it's Garth Ennis and the, uh, and you really don't have to take much to convince me to read a Garth Ennis book because that's what got me into comic books. So yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, regardless of what he has made, you know, somewhat later that I didn't like the, uh, what he made before is enough, you know, to make, still put him in one of my top, comic book writers yeah he's still one of my favorite writers even though some of his stuff makes me want to scream um um, you know reading what his reading his uh his bibliography uh it would be appropriate to know that he made a comic book series called garth anus garth anus dicks garth anus's dicks of course he did of course, um, with a Christmas and winter special. <laughs> so, um, okay. it's, it's just appropriate. I mean, yes. the, uh, I mean, the, I think that that guy has an absurd sense of humor at times that he just, he just has to get it out of the system mm-hmm. and the, uh, and he looks for outlets for it. So, um, Maybe sometime we'll have to read. Uh, I know he did it more serious, but he did 303. I don't think we ever read that. No, uh, I've never read it. So uh, maybe we'll look at that sometime, which is on, uh, uh, I think he did that through Avatar. Yeah, Avatar. Oh, okay. So um, I think that's a protest book. So oh. might be interesting to read. Yeah. So, um, oh, uh, September 22nd through 24th, I'm going to be at wizard world madison so if you're in the southern wisconsin area come by and visit me i don't really have much else to say about the punisher do you no no this uh I go mean, read we can it recommend if you it. haven't yeah go we can recommend this one yeah definitely so so uh yeah i think we'll probably be back in two weeks then because uh we're just kind of rambling about garth ennis help maybe we'll read another ennis book i mean why not I right uh, maybe if we find it, we might read through uh, 303. Yeah. Um, if we haven't figured out something else we want to read, but uh, um, he did the pro too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember um, seeing ads for that. I've read it. I have it. Oh, you have? I have not. Yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, it, it is, um, what if a, what if a prostitute accidentally got superpowers? Um, Man, that sounds like the most Garth Ennis book of all it time. It is so. It is so the uh, a very Garth Ennis book. Um, so so great and silly. Yep. Um, the uh, so yeah, it's mental. It's it again is he has he has an axe to grind with superheroes. Um, he of course he made the boys, which is just one long series of him showing you everything he hates about superheroes. Yes. Uh, so, um, 
but he, he's that's his the test for them is not just limited to that book that, that series um so anyway yeah there's a we could find other ones anyway so i i think we'll probably just do another ns book in two weeks and it's kind of now you kind of got me thinking about it and i'm like yeah let's just read another one why the hell not well why not so purchase from our system a little bit yeah so i think i gotta get out of here though so you got anything else to say nope we're good i'm cool. uh i'm NS'd out for the week yeah the uh but uh I might, I might, you know, I, I never finished the boys and I think I, I do. Oh, you haven't. Oh, okay. I never, yeah, I, I never completely finished it. Ah. So I think I'm a, I think I'm going to, uh, see if I can get myself back in. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have to start from the beginning, but I might, uh, that's a big back. commit because I think it's 75 issues. <laughs> it's a lot of issues, but yeah. you know, that's okay. I, you know, I, as I said, I, even when he, even when his, his books are kind of at their low point, I still like them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, the uh, even at even at his worst, he's still one of the better writers. I, I seem to recall that I thought the boys ended pretty strongly, so definitely worth a look. I mean, it's been think, several years since I read it, but and I think somebody optioned it. Wouldn't, uh, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, yeah, uh, Cinemax. Oh, okay. Well then, uh, but I don't know if it's, I don't think anything's come of it yet. Um, but it is, uh, that was last year, something was said about it. Mm. Um, and you know what tone, uh, it only toned down slightly. Uh, it could be great, but if they pre, if they, if they preacher it up, what they did with the TV show, mm-hmm. um, then it could be, it could be not enough of, it could be not enough of the NS we like. And too much of the NS we don't. We don't. Yep. Uh, which I think is the shallow, superficial, overly violent, and hypersexual in an annoying way. NS. Yeah, not and not in a uh, not and, and with jokes that aren't and don't end up being funny. Yep. So, uh, well, we'll see. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for listening. Be sure to drop us a line at countercomic at gmail.com, where you can also visit our website at schlockworks.com, where you can view the podcast archives or check in on our other projects. Or you can swing by iTunes or Stitcher and give us a review. That's all I have for today. I'm Brock Beauchamp. I'm Nick Kempsey. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.